0: Welcome to another episode of Tall Hungry Girl Talks. I say this every episode, but I am so excited for this episode because it's about travel and about Unsettled, which was um, a program that I did earlier this year, and it is one of the best things that I've ever done in my entire life. Um, Today, I am interviewing the co-founder of Unsettled, and I'm also interviewing um, someone that recently took... A trip with Unsettled to Cape Town as well. So, um, bef- you know, let me go ahead and introduce Jonathan Kalin. He is the f- co founder of Unsettled. He's an award winning photographer, journalist, and media entrepreneur. He's traveled to over 75 countries and has lived for extensive periods in Africa, the Middle East, and Asia, reporting for BBC, The Atlantic, The New York Times, Foreign Policy. And Huffington Post, among others. Before launching to un, uh, into an unsettled, he was the founding editor-in-chief of Timeline, a mobile first newsroom designed to break history, providing deep historical context to breaking news and current events. Welcome, Jonathan. I'm so excited to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to hear your voice again, and uh, thanks for inviting me.
0: Yes, and where in the world is Jonathan today?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just got back to Mexico City, so I, I, am, I think I am officially starting my period of being based in Mexico City after flirting with it many, many times, um, and now I'm here.
0: Nice. So t- tell me about Unsettled and the structure Jeez. of it and what exactly it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Unsettled is a global travel community for professionals who are, you know, looking for more growth, meaning and adventure in their lives. So people who are looking for more out of travel than just seeing a place who are looking for a deeper kind of experiences, uh, different kind of experience. So you know our experiences, which range generally from one month all the way down to one week, um, are really geared towards working professionals who want the time and space and kind of unstructured to break it out of their routine, build new relationships, discover new perspectives, all while kind of growing personally and professionally. So, um, you know what that typically means is we get a group of about fifteen to twenty complete strangers from all over the world. Um, we take them to a city like Cape Town or a place like Bali, Buenos Aires. And we provide accommodations, local experiences, a co-working space, so that you can stay productive, um, and a curated group from around the world. And so, we've um, we've been doing this for about wow, uh, little over three and a half years full time now, but maybe six years in total. And uh, every day is, um, I think, a joy waking up to seeing what we do and the impact that we have and the community that we've built in that time.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So, how did you come up with the name?
1: Ah, the name. Um, So unsettled, I mean, I think everybody can kind of relate to the feeling of being unsettled, right? Maybe you have a a gut positive reaction to the word, or maybe a gut negative reaction. Um, We tend to attract those who have a gut positive reaction. And I think, you know, it it comes from this idea that everybody feels unsettled at some point in their lives, right? When you kind of feel this tension of, of where you are and where you've been and where you want to go. And there's something kind of, there's momentum that you're seeking or there's a change that you're seeking. And some people lean into that um, and some people kind of push back and and step away from that. And for us, you know, living unsettled is about that feeling of leaning into it, leaning into the uncertainty, leaning into the unknown and saying, I don't know what's going to come, but um, I'm just going to go for it. And I think that's the philosophy we approach with experiences of designing for uncertainty. You know, we don't have planned itineraries where every day is mapped out Um, we really plan for this idea of serendipity and and the unknown in our experiences. And so Unsettled is a name. It's not just about where you live. It's sort of how you live your life.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, I was talking to um, a fellow Unsettled alum today who I'm actually meeting up with. Um, in Dubai on Saturday and we were talking about how unsettled is like a spiritual experience because <laughs> she met her um, soon- to-be husband on the Cape Town trip that I was on and now I'm going to see them um, on Saturday so it's just you know it's it's so it's so crazy the connections that you make um, Mm -hmm. from, you know, a group of people that, you know, like you said, you know, the feeling of being unsettled and the connections, you know, that come together from that. So like you said, um, you know, it, it attracts, you know, people that may be at a a point in their life where they are feeling unsettled. What type of person, is that what type of person you're usually trying to attract or what is like the range of personalities and ages?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a great question. I think, you know, we really we really strive for diversity on these experiences. I think that's a really core fundamental sort of principle that we design them by, um, because it is a curated community. And so, you know, we've had people from twenty-two to seventy-five years old. We've had rocket scientists, lawyers, human rights workers, producers, I mean any any profession under the sun, some that I didn't even know existed, um, have been on unsettled. But I think, you know, what what commonly unites them um, is this idea that, um, they're asking big questions in life, they're reevaluating their trajectory, or, you know, they're just working remotely and looking for more of a community type of experience and, and a bit of a curated experience when they travel. So, um, you know, I think our experiences tend to be designed around that idea of giving you that space to ask questions and giving you that community to, um, really build meaningful connections with. And so, um, you know, while the average age is, you know, mid to late thirties, early forties, um, you know, we're not restrictive on who comes. Um, we have a, a bar and it's I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but the asshole bar. Yeah. No, um, you can say it. <laughs> and, and so you know, it's it's really about a mindset. You know, yeah. are you are you looking for this type of travel experience? Are you looking to really have a community driven experience where you're an active creator? as opposed to a passive consumer um and that you know it doesn't matter what your what your background is what your age is where you're from it just matters you know what your intention is for uh, a travel experience
0: yeah i mean the thing that was really notable about the trip that i went on the two week trip um in cape town was that we all got along i mean there was you know different <laughs> there was different levels of connection but it was like how did they like curate this experience I mean it was really really magical on so many levels and our experience leaders were amazing um so in terms of the format for us you know we met the first day and talked about like the different activities you know it was kind of like a group consensus of the different activities that we did that we were going to do what is that a typical format can you can you talk more to that
1: yeah for sure so we you know like i said we we really design this around a philosophy of co-creation um you know and, and that starts with understanding why everybody has come to this place at this point in time in their lives and at this at this point in time in general um you know we design experiences with this this intention in mind of there's a lot of things we can do in a place like cape town there's a lot of things you can do in a place like bali um and for us we have all those options you know we design these trips very carefully very thoughtfully But the most important element of a great experience is is you, you know, is the participant, is the community. And so, you know, all of our trips, we do really begin with this idea of, you know, why are we here? What are we looking to get out of this experience? And how do we design that together where, you know, we can go out and do all the fun things. We can go party. We can go explore. We can go find interesting cultural experiences. We can um, meet interesting locals. We can connect with communities. Um, But what are the types of things that we as a group want to do? Um, And what are the types of things that you as an individual want to explore on your own? So we're very flexible. Um, Yeah. You know, we don't have this itinerary and we do kind of, create that space for you to make this experience your own. I think that is quite unique in our approach to, to how we do things. And, um, is something that does, like you said, really build that tight sense of community.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you guys are doing so many awesome things now to, like, you know, adding, adding locations and everything like that. So how, how has this, um, how has the company developed and, and how did you come up with the idea in the first place?
1: it's a, it's a, it's a good story it, it really started
0: <laughs> do tell do tell yeah
1: which 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 version do you want the, the, the real I'm one rated or the rated oh boy
0: oh we'll i, I want all while. the ratings
1: <laughs> give uh, us you're, all you're the must. ratings <laughs> um, no we you know honestly it, it came about with you know michael my co-founder and i um you know our backstory is we've we've worked pretty much for ourselves our entire careers you know i i can count Uh, two years of my entire adult life where I've actually worked in an office and worked for somebody else. Um, And Michael is the same. I mean, we've pretty much lived our lives in this independent entrepreneurial uh, economy. And I think, you know, when when we were toying around with um, a different idea many years ago, we both realized we had a shared love of sailing. Um, I grew up sailing, Michael grew up sailing, and he even lived on a boat for a while. And so we said, you know what, How about we get together, you know, 30 or so of our friends from around the world who are all kind of living this lifestyle. We're, you know, flexible, entrepreneurial, um, kind of working in this this maybe freelance economy um, because we all have pretty flexible schedules so we can take off a week and and go sailing. And so we organized a trip uh, in the Virgin Islands, uh, ended up being about 30 people and and four boats. And it was just one of the most incredible experiences of our lives because – you know, you're living as a family on a boat. You're cooking, you're cleaning, you're sailing. We didn't hire any crew. So, you know, our crew, our friends were <laughs> <Wow>. our crew. <laughs> we, we were the captains. And so it was a very, it was a very self-sufficient, um, very minimalist, and very deep experience where we were able to relate to people along all the different conversations around, you know, what we were doing in our lives, both professionally and personally. Um, and it just gave us that opportunity of that space and that environment to kind of step back and reflect and, and do so with a really really interesting community of people. And at the end of the week we said, well, why does this have to be a week? And and does it only have to be on a boat? And so we started thinking about what would this look like if, you know, we brought this community to Bali for a month and got a villa and got a co-working space and and started to, you know, run this as a place where we wouldn't just be on vacation, but we would actually integrate our work lives and our challenges and our and our growth into that experience. And we did the first sort of Test, let's say, back in in, in late 2014, um, did another one in Curacao uh, a year later, and then a year after that, we decided that um, you know we had enough of doing the other things that we were doing, and that unsettled was kind of what we what we'd always dreamed of in terms of how we wanted to live our lives and and what we thought um, other people were looking for out of an experience. So. We uh, launched full on in 2016. We uh, were part of the first uh, TED residency, which is a really amazing experience. Um, and in that time, you know, we've we've grown a lot. I mean, our community is now over 2,000 alumni spread out across 81 countries. Um, and I Ooh, think that, wow. that, that's really the thing that we're most proud of. I mean, yes, we've run almost 100 different experiences in 16 countries, but um, I think what you described is kind of your journey now and, and going to meet other unsettlers. Um, I think that's really what we look at and, and measure how we've grown and, and how successful we've been as a, as a company and a community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really, to, to me, my experience was really about connections and what's great is that it's whatever you want it to be. And I, our experience leader emphasized that in the beginning of like, this, this is a trip of whatever you want it to be. And, and for me, it was exactly what I needed at the time. Um, I actually kind of, I came up with my brand while I was in Cape town, Scully and, and a lot of other people in the group helped me develop tall, hungry girl. And then from that, I, you know, developed this podcast that we're listening to right now. And so for me, it was like a tipping point in my life. And, Um, Tia Smith my guest who I'm going to introduce shortly you know we had um, we had dinner together last week and you know we sort of captured it up like unsettled made us feel like why the fuck not like why the fuck not like why (laughs)
1: can't that is we should change our (laughs) tagline literally embrace embrace the unknown is wonderful but why the fuck not pretty much pretty much gets to the point a lot more quickly so no asterisk
2: too no asterisk just go hard (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, I mean, I just, I formed so many amazing connections. Like I mentioned, I'm going to meet up with, a, you know, a couple that I met in Cape Town and we're meeting up in Dubai on Saturday. And then, you know, the people that I'm meeting up with in Bali, you know, later in the week as well, you know, they're two people, you know, from Unsettled. Um So, do you have any like what are what are your most memorable stories of unsettled connections, like the long-lasting connections made from these trips? Like, I don't know, maybe some memorable ones that you can think of.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, like you mentioned, we've we've had. I think now uh, we're gonna have about our fourth wedding. uh, Oh my god! In early next year, so there have that I that I'm aware of. So there's been, you know, it's not. It's not designed around that, obviously, but people do meet other people who are at a similar stage and, and thinking about the same things and share the same values. We don't promise that at all. But, um, you know, we've had... <laughs> it's there's not three Tinder, alumni. guys.
0: It's not Tinder.
1: It's not, it's not Tinder. Um, it's, we have... I think right now we have three people who are alumni who are all living together in San Diego, who kind of share a house together. We've had several um, several business relationships form, so we've had a couple companies come out of Unsettled. Um, we've had um, you know people traveling all the time together, so I think any yeah. given day there's probably alumni meeting up, and so you know I think we get we get stories and feedback every single day of things that completely surprise us. Like you know I didn't know personally you know how how big of an impact Unsettled had on on you starting this new venture and taking this direction. And to me, that's a, a delight. And we, we kind of share those stories around the team, you know, every day around that digital water cooler because our team is remote. Yeah. Um, and, and it keeps us kind of, it, it keeps us inspired. You know, yeah. our, our number one, our number one key metric for the company is, is RFI, which stands for really fucking inspiring. <laughs> and that's we get those thinking. every day. Yes.
0: Yes, I know it's when people ask me, cause you know, a lot of people ask me about unsettled and you know, part of the reason why I want to do this podcast is so I can say, Hey, listen to my podcast because <laughs> I could never, th- I mean, there aren't enough words to properly capture like what the experience was for me. And, um, yeah, it's so, it, yeah, it was just, it was just awesome. So
1: you had, you had one, one phrase that I do remember. Why the, not, not? At, one, <laughs> why the fuck not? That one, why the fuck not? And then a master class in life, which I have. Yes,
0: my yes, that was that. In, you, that was in my you article. You said that beautifully. Yes, it was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it really was. Um, So th- there are so many there like you. You guys have an awesome social media presence. Um, I think one of one of my favorite things is the Facebook group, because you could literally be anywhere in the world and people are like, hey, I'm in, you know, Beijing. <laughs> is anyone here? And people will respond and you know, whatever. So how, you know, what sort of purpose, I mean, other than the obvious does that serve and, and what sort of things have come out of that?
1: Yeah. So for us, I mean, you know, we are a, we are a people first company and we, we are a people company more than a travel company. That's at the root of, of what we do. So we are who joins us. Unsettled is made up of who comes on these experiences and you know, it's, it's not a it's not limited to what happens in two weeks or a month, right? I mean, the connections you make last forever. Um, and so, for us, you know, highlighting our community, keeping our community connected is is an enormous part of number one, how we grow. You know, we are very much grown, or uh, we are our growth is very much driven by referrals. It's very much driven by word of mouth and people sharing their experience. And you know, if we don't have to spend a dollar on marketing, then we won't. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, for yeah. us. We, we really value that idea of, of quality over quantity and taking care of and supporting and connecting our community is key to that. Um, and so that obviously is is also um, you know, I think a part of how we just how we live our lives right We need community and I think we don't often, have a chance to meet people outside of our comfort zones, outside yes. of our bubbles. And, and the more we can accelerate those connections, I think we, the more we all grow. So, you know, I learned things from meeting alumni all over the world. It, it, it supports me and my growth. And I, I realize that that's the same for many people in our community. So, um, you know, selfishly for, for us and our team, it's awesome to drop into Beijing and have somebody and, yeah. and also for anybody in our community to have that same experience, even though they may have not been on the same trip together. To have that opportunity of I can I can land in almost any city in the world and there's somebody who shared an experience that I've shared and can relate to the similar values and things that I share um, is an amazing thing to have access to and, and, and a kind of a privilege in the world today. And um, I, I'll, I won't give a full spoiler, but we are doing a lot of things over the next couple of months yes. around do, community.
0: Yes, do, do tell, <laughs> do tell.
1: I want to spoiler. No spoiler. <laughs> it's it's still all in beta mode. It's all being okay. tested silently. But okay. um, some very, very cool things are going to be happening in the next uh, no, couple months for our community.
0: No breaking news for Tall Hungry Girl Talks? No? No, no, no okay. not yet.
1: Not yet. Because what if the tests fail? Yes. No, can't this. Yes, <laughs> this is true. This is true. We can't unrecord this.
0: This is true. So you have been to so many countries. Um, more than 75, according to your bio, I'm sure it's probably more than that by now. Um, which ones are your favorite? I'm dying to know. So, so I can add them to my list.
1: I, I put, I'm biased here, but I put Slovenia as actually one of my favorite countries in the world.
0: Really? Okay.
1: It is beautiful, it is small, it is undiscovered, it is a gem in Europe. Um, for those who don't know, because a lot of people don't, it's kind of tucked right between Austria, Italy, Croatia, Hungary, uh, and I think there's a little bit of Serbia that touches. No, no, it doesn't. Um, anyways, right right, tucked away there. It is... Um, spectacular. It's uh, incredible nature, incredible mountains. It has the Julian Alps. The people are truly friendly. The city, uh, Ljubljana, which is the capital, um, is has a whole area along the river that has no cars. It just feels like this beautiful
2: um,
1: kind of un, unspoiled um, manner to it. And so I'm also biased because my family is originally from there uh, okay. a couple generations back. Yeah. But that's that's my top.
0: Um, Adding to the Nicaragua
1: list. Nicaragua is a is a second, um, because I do love to surf. And so I love spending time in Nicaragua on the coast, just kind of away from everything. Um, those are really, those are my top two. There's many more to explore and many more that I enjoy. Um, but it's usually kind of circumstantial. It's how I was feeling at the time or what I was doing. I'm always sort of factors into it.
0: Yeah. Like the chapter in your life, like what you needed to like feed your soul. Like Cape town is definitely one of my favorite cities because I felt like it really fed my soul for like where I was and I -hmm. I grew up on the beach and near Mm -hmm. the mountains and Cape Town has both of those so it was like I was so far from home but still I was kind of cradled by home at the same time (laughs) it was yeah Yeah. so yeah that was nice so you know social media has changed the way that we travel sometimes to a point that's a little depressing like you see in in Bali like adding water to what is it like the um you know, heaven's gates. And then, you know, this, the Bali swings, I I think I recently saw an article that you did about like all the places that you shouldn't visit because it's just like (laughs) social media has kind of ruined it. Like, how do you feel like social media has changed the way that we travel? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Like, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, You know, I think, I think the way you travel is a personal choice. And I think that what it what social media has given us when it comes to travel is access to see uh, more than we've ever been able to see before right access to inspiration um i mean you know we use the example of um i'm going to butcher the name here i think it's called Trolltunga in norway it's it's an amazing fjord it's where you see kind of people standing on this precipice overlooking this enormous kind of vast uh uh valley with a with a river running through it and you probably have all seen the photo and you know uh, 10 years ago only 800 people a year went there and after you know now it's about 80,000 per year at least and so what it is is it's inspired us um it's given us the ability to see our friends and even complete strangers and where they go and see what they experience and follow their journeys um but i think the downside is that cultivated um, presence and persona, that that cultivated sense of who we are that we sort of create online, um, it can sort of feed into that. And we can end up going places just to get the photo or just to get that selfie. And so I think it's all about, you know, responsible use. I, I believe in technology is, it accelerates our best habits and accelerates our worst habits. And it's just a matter of when you think about where you're going and why you're going there and what you're going to do there, um, how much of it is for you and how much of it is maybe for others. And you know, it's up to your intention. So I, I think it, it kind of goes both ways. It's done wonderful things, and it's also, um, I think, maybe led to a little more I don't know narcissism or yeah. you know showing off. But again, I, I don't judge anybody for what they do. So everybody has their own choices of how they want to travel and live. But we will we will call out things when we see them. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, definitely. And I know that you guys are you know doing the unfiltered campaign, and I'm I don't filter my photos. Um, because I'm just an advocate. Like I think it really does kind of promote the compare culture. And I actually just did a podcast on anxiety about like the Mm -hmm. compare culture on social media. And so I think that like, you know, just the, the filtered kind of photos add to that. So I try to avoid it. So,
1: um,
0: anyway, so I do have two more questions for you. Um, so travel tips, you are an expert traveler. Do tell. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Travel tips. Um,
0: Tell me, I'm about travel. to pack for a, a long trip, 24 hour I mean, flight.
1: <laughs> I, I am, I am, I am very much minimalist. I've pretty much traveled with the same carry on bag with the same like 12 or 13 pieces of clothing for the better part of two years. So I am not a great example of, of maybe how to how to look good while traveling. But for me, it's you know it's the bare essentials. It's like I'm I'm always prepared for winter, summer, fall, uh, or spring. Um, you know, I, I, I know exactly what I need. Um, and and I think through traveling enough or just recognizing your own your own habits and yeah. what's essential to you, I'm able to pare down to you know a couple pairs of pants, a couple shirts, a couple underwear, a jacket, and like that's fine for me in most environments. Um, yeah. I don't have to wear you know a suit and tie. Thankfully, I, I have a job where it doesn't require that. Usually, it requires a bathing suit if anything else. Um, so yeah the essentials, um, whatever you think you might need, cut that into a half or a third and, and pack that. And, you know, the world is so connected and accessible. You can get anything you need somewhere. Like there's no, you know, there's no need to, I think, bring a whole bunch of things. And and in fact, if you're buying things locally, you may end up supporting the local economy. So doing good all around.
0: Yeah. And how, like, how can people travel more responsibly, especially when they're going to like developing countries? Like I lived in Ghana for a summer and like, the whole like, you know, white person taking the, the photo with like, you know, the African children, it, you know, can be really offensive and just like cultural awareness that I think that some people don't have. Do you have any tips for kind of awareness, like studying the culture before you go and history?
1: Yeah, I think you can study it. I think a lot of times you just have to have an awareness of of where you're going. What's the context? You know, read the newspaper, uh, look for stories in the news, you know, a month or a couple of weeks before you get there to understand what's the political situation, what's the cultural situation, what's the economic situation. You know, know a little bit about where you're going and that also helps you relate more with people when you get there because you're really not going to learn, I think, an incredible amount until you start talking to people, and so being open to conversation, being open to new experiences, saying yes to something that you may never have thought you would say yes to, whether it's um, you know going going out to dinner with a stranger that you met on the bus, or whether it's you know bungee jumping off a four hundred meter bridge. Yeah. Um, being open to those experiences, but also having some context to be able to relate to people where you are, I think, really helps. And just just going off the beaten path, you know, we at unsettled always work with local providers. We always work with local vendors. You know, we don't work with any chains, any major companies. Like when we travel, we, we look for the ways in which we can contribute to the local economy yeah. um, and do that as part of our responsible, you know, ethos of, of being a responsible travel company, whether that's, you know, economically, uh, environmentally. Um, and I think it's it's quite easy to do if you just are aware of it and have the intention of it.
0: Yes. No, definitely. Um, Okay. So this is my last question. I lied. I have one more. (laughs) So (laughs) what is next for Unsettled that you can share?
1: What is next for, okay. We are very close to launching our schedule for 2020. Um, The furthest in advance that we've ever launched an entire schedule. So that's exciting. And there's going to be some Very exciting new destinations. Um, I'm happy to to spoil some of them that some alumni might know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) T and I are just like on pins and needles over here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are going to go sailing in Bahamas in January. We are also going on a sailing trip in Greece in June, and those are big ones. We haven't done those ever before. Um, And we, we have a couple of tricks up our sleeve that I don't know if I can share just yet, but redefining what it means to have a shared experience um and i'm gonna i'm gonna just leave it at that and say you know we are we are a company rooted in travel and shared experiences um and shared experience has a lot of different ways in which um it can be manifested and created and so i think we're looking at saying how does unsettled really unsettle you everywhere and anywhere in the world no matter where you are and so we're thinking a lot of that vein of Um, You know, we're a travel company, um, but we are also an experienced company, and and there's a lot of exciting things that we can do to bring Unsettled to um, more people. You know, how do we help other people question and kind of understand where they are in life, what motivates them, what excites them, what drives them, and ask those kinds of questions in the same way that we do on an experience. So um, keep an eye out for for those things. Um, And join us in Greece or the Bahamas because it's going to be a blast.
0: Okay. (laughs) all my travel just got booked for the rest of the year <laughs> well Jonathan thank you so much for joining me I really really appreciate this um I you know it's just been a pleasure to talk with you and I'm so excited um, for all that's to come with unsettled in the next year and the years to come. Um, you can visit Unsettled at beunsettled.com. I got that right, right?
1: <laughs> Beunsettled.co. Be dot, dot
0: dot co. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beunsettled.co. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Jonathan.
1: To hear it, thank you. It was a pleasure and have a wonderful trip.
0: Thank you. So, my next guest is Tia Smith. She did the one month um, Cape Town trip. Um, And so I wanted to talk with her about her experience, just a little bit about Tia. She is an award-winning executive producer, consultant, and founder of Talented Soul Productions, which specializes in developing compelling and commercially marketable television, film, and digital content with more than... 2,000 hours of record-breaking programming under her belt, having worked with BET, TV One, the Bill Gates Foundation, MTV, VH1, Lifetime, Burrell, Sony, and many others. Whoo, child. (laughs) Tia is one of the most sought-after creatives and value agents in the media landscape. Welcome,
2: Tia. How are you? I've been working a little. Yes, (laughs) working a lot. It's it's, It's a blast. It's a blast.
0: Yes. Sounds like it.
2: So tell me a little bit about yourself. Do you travel often? I try to travel as much as I can. And uh, I try not to repeat, but um, on a given quarter, if it was up to me, it would be three to four times a quarter. Um, but I just love seeing different places and, you know. Finding out about the culture, um, definitely the relaxation aspect of it. And even to Jonathan's point earlier, how I can give to that potential economy. Yeah, you know, sourced as a world citizen and, and just be responsible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. So how did you hear about unsettled?
2: Ah, <sighs> uh, unsettled. <laughs> <laughs> I know,
0: it's like uh, it's, it's like so a, dreamy. It's like a fan in the room, like, oh, that just yes. feels good. <laughs> it's so
2: dreamy and, and, and really, you know. For those who have experienced it, it, it seems to be right on time. It's it's a wonderful experience that um, Nikki Weber Allen actually told me about. We worked together at oh, different companies. That's how
0: I found out about it too. See, yes, Wait, she needs to get a check, friend. right, or something. I don't know <laughs> through Allison. Yes,
2: oh. okay, so small world with us. You know, I worked with Nikki Allen, Nikki Weber Allen, uh, for several years at BET, and um, then she moved to TV One, and so did I. And you know, just from the working standpoint, just worked well together. She's a lovely spirit. Um, you know, early in her. production producing years, to um, becoming a talent producer also. But just a very wonderful and engaging uh, woman. And um, I saw on her Facebook post, it was easily about two years ago, her jumping out of a plane. And it was like the perfect <laughs> shot, right? It's that, you know, that undershot, you know, and she's literally mouth agaped open, you know, the wind, everything. Yeah, And she just, you know, did her blurb on Unsettled. Look, this is the best thing that's happened to me. Uh, It's it's definitely put me in a a position to rediscover myself Mm. and just to do things that I never thought that I would do before. And that's what hooked me. Um, I was at a job at the time that was fulfilling to a certain extent, but I knew that a shift was coming, especially from the creative side. Um, There's so much going on specifically in television and film as far as uh, a lot of us are calling it a renaissance, you know, where technology truly has opened up the doors for people to to do podcasts, to do your own, yeah. you know, this and that and create this. And, you know, even from studios and networks becoming extremely humble, you know, thinking they had all of the answers back in the day to now, look, your next star is going to be on IG or this. You know, like, it's a wonderful time. And noticing that and and what I give to any given show, I needed to be part of it. But respectfully, doing my... It wasn't nine to five, my ten to seven. Yeah, you know, yeah. and 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 fulfilling those things um, as it applied. But when I saw that, I said, "Ooh, I need to mm-hmm. look into that." And you know how time passes, and yeah. there was several times when I wanted to take the leap, but it just wasn't right. Even to I was I was gonna be with you yeah. last November. <laughs> yes, yeah, I got accepted. Um, I didn't know you at the time because we have a mutual friend, Allison Threadgill, who's awesome that I worked with. And um, actually, you were her inspiration in one of our creative calls, and that's how I found out that she had a friend in addition to Nikki that oh, did Unsettled. I feel so. Honored. Yes, she and she said, "I have my best friend." She came back, and she's not the same. Yeah. You know, the good things, yay, they got amplified. But those things that she only knew as your best friend, yeah, she saw how there was a change in you, and you made those changes. I think it was something about building a desk and organizing something that you did. <laughs> but the bottom line is that, um, you know, November just wasn't right. It didn't feel right. I... It wasn't in a place where I could take the leap, so I spoke to Taylor and the great people at Unsettled and said, thank you, this is wonderful, but please let me know the next time Cape Town is gonna be open, and that's what happened. It was, it was perfect. It was a wonderful, um, what I feel, defining time. I prayed, and everything that I heard on the radio from a sermon at church was about butterfly and expansion and taking <laughs> the leap, and I was like, okay. I had a big show for this network that I do every year. Huge show. And I said, after this show, peace sign. I'm yeah. out. You know, and, and I went and I got, you know, submerged into the unsettled culture. I accepted it. My last day at work was April fourth. I was in Cape Town April sixth. Yes. <laughs> so so what
0: were some of the, <laughs> the highlights from the trip? Did you make connections? Oh, wow. Like work connections, personal connections. Yes, I mean, even like- Who was your roommate? I know you
2: said that she I was- I know, it's crazy. You know, for Jonathan too, there's some kind of like super secret spy <laughs> vetting that happens and how you pair people because I'm African-American woman, right? And uh, my, my flatmate, was the Korean version of me. It was like <laughs> frightening. We were. It was so perfect how we were joined together. Um, she was. She's in the industry on the um, accounting side of television and film. And um, I'm on the creative side per se. And we've already talked about the things that we want to do together, how we fell in love with the city. And it was an even playing field. I think just like your group, it seemed like we all got along. We were yeah. a smaller group. Um, and we were in the city part of Cape Town in the Greenpoint section and um, I can't imagine two weeks. I'm greedy. The (laughs) month I wanted like two more weeks, but the bottom line is that we all were at a place where we wanted something different. We wanted to break the rut. We had some digital nomads or digital ninjas, as we called them, Um, some some guys and a young lady from Canada that were working uh, and having to deal with the time shame, uh, time change. But you know that was their choice, obviously. Then we had. a couple other people like myself who had just resigned from their job. Um, and then we had some sabbaticals. But the bottom line is that we wanted to break the rut, do something new, yeah. experience um, the community and culture. So that was my intent. I wanted to be creative again. Flip I wan-
0: the script on your life.
2: Flip it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, and it's so funny because the producer in me, alas slash control freak I can admit (laughs) that in between my pauses but yeah I I mean when I was on the phone with him I was like so you don't have an itinerary excuse me like what does that mean and I had to wrap my head around okay Tia you said you wanted to let go how about you let go you know and it was the first time that I got on a plane and I didn't know who I was gonna meet I didn't know how to move and shake in it. I there mean, no thank call you. times? No call times, you know. <laughs> I wasn't, it just was unfamiliar, um, except for I usually piggybacked on like a cousin's, she went to India. I knew I was going to meet my cousin there. So all of these um, big pieces of movement were were new for me. Yeah. Um, and thank you for your counsel too, because <laughs> I definitely <laughs> called you and said, okay, so wait, Uber, what are we doing here? Like, how does it work? Yes, it still works exactly <laughs> like the States. Yeah. So again, you know, from the creative standpoint, I did that because I was immersed into the beauty, as you pointed out, visually of of the ecosystem yeah. of, of what is Western Cape. Yeah. It's jaw dropping. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So, you know, just visually stimulated. Um, and then from a cultural perspective, you know, Africa is a continent with countries. Yeah. So I had done um, definitely some work on the east in Kenya and Tanzania with the Bill Gates Foundation. Then uh, I'd been to Morocco. So I'd hit the east, got the north. Then I went west to Ghana. Um, a friend of the family's diplomat, she said, come on over before my detail ends. So mom and I went. But I'd never been south. And I felt like at least if I had gone south, I'd taken a chunk out of Africa, you know? And for me, um, it was an interesting relationship specifically with South Africa because it was love-hate. I know the history, you know? I wasn't there, but, you know, back in the day, you know, Elementary school, you heard the song, I'm not gonna play Sun City, and all the, all the different musical artists that were not going to play that particular area because of apartheid. You know, um, I saw Cry Freedom, I was jacked up after that crying, you know, I saw Biko, so all of these things that were very similar to the experience of African Americans in the United States, you know, what, maybe 40, 40, 50 years out of their 25 years yeah. now, um, it was just kind of like, oh God, what am I gonna get into? Um, you know, I was the person that burned my Reeboks back in the day because I found out that they were invested in, you know, in South Africa. So I didn't know what to experience. Um, um, but you know, knowing that they are 25 years out, um, I had a chance to, um, you know, see Mandela up and close when he was here in DC. Yes. Um, knowing the progress that they're trying to, you know, have culturally, economically, um, even from um, how they're seen in the world's eye. You know, you embrace that. You embrace the change that they're going for, and you become a part of it how you can. So, oh God, I know I'm rambling, (laughs) but you know. Well, I know you made some really
0: good business contacts over there. Talk about like how about that? Yes, and the business contacts, and just like how that kind of shifted, kind of. But maybe just a shift on your career and the trajectory of like where things are going for you now. Yeah,
2: it's amazing. Like I I left um, a corporate job, a a corporate TV job, and that's what we call in the industry going on the inside. Right. And it was wonderful (laughs) benefits, resources, all the great things that I was afforded to do. But like I said, I knew that there was a shift coming. And prior to having that job, I had my own production company. Um, and it was hardcore, you know, I had it when production companies weren't as sexy as they are now. You were your own Island. Yeah. So I knew that, Hey, the shift is coming. How can I do business differently? Uh, and be immersed in this wonderful time of Renaissance. Um, so I said, "You know, hey, we're rebooting the production company. I'm focusing on consulting. And um, every time I go to a different country or place, I try to see what the art scene is, just in general, because I love art, um, and specifically in the television and film arena. Um so that's what I did. It was similar to how I got to New York. I loved behind the music. I sent my resume and reel to them. Two weeks later, kids, you're good. We need you in New York. All right, <laughs> right? So I said, let me try that again. You know, As I re- reboot this company, Talented Soul Productions, I know that I've always had an international vision, period. And a part of that vision is uh, telling stories that connect people. Yes. You know, I really, and I I don't know, um, the way I was raised, um, very diverse community in Montgomery County, Maryland here, you had a little bit of everything. So it's nothing new to me to see the world as it truly is. And that's what I've taken throughout my storytelling. And then the whole sociology aspect that I love.
0: Yeah, and you emailed companies while you were there. Yes,
2: oh my gosh. So you're trying to get me there, right? I'm sorry. (laughs) So, yeah, but it's like I did the same thing. I literally I had a couple of references of places and people that I should, you know, touch base base with uh, in this reboot. But I went on Google and I said leading production companies in Cape Town. And I had like 50 different hits that came back, and I said, okay, let me just do something very succinct. Hi, I'm Tia Smith, chief operating, uh, content operator of uh, Talented Soul Productions. I'm looking for resources and partnerships. Here's my IMDB. Check me out. Would love to meet with you in my last two weeks uh, here at Cape Town. And I got 35 different replies yes. back. If you put out an. Oh my Into the universe. Hello. See what comes back. So, but then I was like, okay, I want to do this, but I want to be on a beach too. But I was <laughs> like, okay, you really have to make a decision. But I was afforded to ha- still have fun and to do some business. I met production companies. Um, from the smallest to the biggest, you know, the landscape is gorgeous, so they do a lot of commercial work there, Um, so again, I I met with one of the uh, only black-owned companies in uh, the Western Cape, brilliant to you know production companies like Moonlighting Films who've done Invictus and Blood Diamond and Dark Tower like all of these people were very receptive and you know like with any relationship I'm here saying hey how can we work together and then in the same right hey if you come to the states let's do something too and I have two great projects that came out of those meetings right yeah. now that are very exciting, um, that I'm really proud of and that are help, helping to reboot this new signature of my production company. So yeah. it was, to your point, it was spiritual, it was, it was business, it was adventure because yes. I digged shark cage diving and you know did all this other crazy stuff. All the things, yeah, <laughs> that it so that had to offer. So,
0: so like coming back, I know for me it's like you you. Um, people say reverse culture shock. Mm. And I really did feel like I kind of had reverse culture shock because I wasn't yeah. in this like cocoon of happiness and right. And <laughs> you know, I went over there when it was summer and so I got back ah. and it was, you know, w- almost winter. It was November. So right. it was still late fall so the weather was cold. So how did you feel when you got back? What were some of the lessons that you learned? Like how did you change? What shifted?
2: Well, I'm still there, honestly. I'm still in the honeymoon <laughs> glow. You, you, yeah. Yes. I got back Your in the Your trip May. yes. Yeah. So <laughs> you're <laughs> But no, there have been times when I'm like oh, there was a certain sense of freedom. Um, and like I said, when you're when you're committed to trying to find out something different about you, like I was I was down with saying, Well, Tia would usually do this no, Tia's going to do this over here. I mean, I didn't get crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I did not get (laughs) crazy. But I mean, just as far as challenging yourself um, in those arenas spiritually, you know, business-wise and adventure-wise. And like I said, the community was so wonderful Um, to the point of not having itineraries, you know, if you wanted to participate, you could do some of the business experience courses by Scully, who is brilliant. Yes, she um, really is. That Eastern approach is wonderful. Yeah. You know, we're f- from America. It's a Western approach. So I loved being able to, especially as I'm relaunching this business, take my Western practices, but also take the Eastern practices, too, of how they view things and mesh it together. Yes. So um, I'm still in the honeymoon, but I do know for days when I wish I was there, I think about it. And I look at my journal. and Like I told you, I'm so glad I journaled because it would be a beautiful blur. Yeah. And there were so many. Yes. Beautiful blur. That beautiful is, blur. That is
0: how we have described yes. it. Yes. I think Tia actually came up with that beautiful blur. Yeah. So what is, what is your favorite beautiful blur? Like if you can uh. capture your top experience, your top memory mm. from the trip, what would it be? mine was dancing in the living room with like, I I think we were just like a couple days into um, the trip and we had like a potluck over at our house and uh, there was a girl in our group named Bea and she was the DJ of the group. And so everyone, you know, could pick their song. So she is from Puerto Rico and so she was salsa dancing and then, you know, we put on Beyonce and this, that, and the other. And so like everyone, you know, you have 20 different people from all these different countries dancing in one living room. And it was, Uh, (laughs) it was amazing. It was hilarious. Like I think that is probably the highlight of my trip.
2: it's too many and it's fresh. Can I do a personal and a communal one? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So personally, um, it was going to an open mic night and I had written this poem about three to four years ago and it was after a, um, a heartache and I, I um I re- I, I wrote it. And um, there was an open mic in uh, Observatory that another unsettled young lady had gone to the week before. And so I said, I'm going next week. And I wanted to support her because she was doing another one. By the end of it, who is this lady? When they said, does anyone else want to do their poem? I feel like I see my arm in slow motion creeping <laughs> it up. It's out of control. What just a reflex. It's going on? And I put words i i i emoted that very um personal poem yeah i'd never done that yeah you know so for me again that was like a big personal stretch um communal wise it was um when we went to the townships and we really had some wonderful discussions and um you know you don't know what to expect and especially because kailicha had had like a fire and some uprisings maybe about three days before uh, with the government from some of the things that they were displeased with. But of course, you know, Scully and Mel made sure that where we were going, it was, it was very far from it and everything was turned down, you know, but um, going there and just exchanging with people um, and seeing everybody in my group really ask the questions and have fun and just be people, be human and understand that we all want the same things out of life. You know, unfortunately some are put in different positions Um, and are in positions that are not as beneficial as others, but at a base level and just at a level that we all should be striving for. We, we met each other there and we danced and, you know, drank their beer and had the food and it was just a wonderful, um, you know, rainbow of love. Yes.
0: Well, thank you so much for being here. Of
2: course. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Why the fuck not?
2: Right? <laughs> <laughs> T-shirts, what? <laughs> I know, right?
0: You can find Tia on Instagram at, at @mz_tia_smith. Smith. So at Ms. Tia Smith. Yes. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Tall Hungry Girl Talks. Visit my website, tallhungrygirl.com, for articles. And lots of articles about Unsettled and, and my trip to uh, Cape Town. Thank you so much.
1: Hey! Switch and barred.